Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. If you've seen HDTV, you definitely want HDTV. But will a large new flat-screen television fit into the footprint your old tube occupies? And how will that high def change the way you light the room? Read our easy tips to design a media room when you hit moneypit.com. Just click on Ideas and Tips, then click Repair and Improve. And for answers to any home improvement or home repair questions, give us a call right now. 888-MONEYPIT. 888-666-3974. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeak, you live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, you live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEYPIT, 888-666-3974. What are you working on? We want to help you make a good home better. Call us right now, 1-888-MONEYPIT. Are you working on your roof? Are you working on your floors? Are you redecorating some rooms inside your house? Hey, you just got done uh, doing a major redecoration as a designer on one of the Trading Spaces episodes that's coming up. It's official. I am now a designer on the show. I get to tell other people what to build for me now, which is which was nice. nice, especially because it was so It's like a promotion, hot. right? I think it's a promotion. I, I had think a, it great, is too. a great fun time, a nice room. I did a two-year-old's bedroom, a little girl. Um, it's her big girl room, and the parents wanted a shabby chic bedroom, which I thought, shabby chic for a two-year-old? My Good goodness. Taste. Starts young. So, yeah, I, I really, it was challenging. It was exciting. What's next? And the, the lunchbox? came out so adorably. Yeah, right. <laughs> She's going to be like, but mommy, I want a crackled headboard. Well, that's pretty cool. But it really came out nice. And um, I was very nervous. And I really, really, you know, was caring very much how I designed this room to make the family really like it. It's tough when all of a sudden you're in charge of creating the living space for somebody else to be in every day. Well, that's right. Now, if you have a question about maybe how to create a living space for yourself, maybe you are thinking about uh, remodeling a bathroom or a bedroom like Leslie just did on Trading Spaces. Call us right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Maybe you're thinking about doing some remodeling to that outdoor room you've always wanted to build. Well, that's great because coming up later this hour, we're going to have an expert that can give us some tips on how to design the best outdoor rooms and not only to build it, but also some tips for sort of living in it. Like what's the best way to stay warm in an outdoor room? You know, things that are impossible like that. We've got a great expert coming up to give some tips on how to do all that. That's right. And an outdoor room just doesn't have to be a lounging area. It could be a kitchen. It could be a living room. It could be an outdoor office or even a bedroom. It depends on what you want to do outside of your house. So if you're thinking about moving into the outside, call us now at 1-888-MONEYPIT, and we'll give you a hand with that. 
Yeah, guys, the outdoor room is the new doghouse, okay? <laughs> so, you know, you, if you're going to get thrown out there, you, you might as well comfy. have a nice space to sleep in. Keep it comfy. That's what we say. Call us right now, one eight 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 Money Pit. We're also giving away a set of three Ryobi OnePlus tools this hour. It's a radio, it's a fan, and an inflator. All three tools worth about 100 bucks. Going to go to one caller to one eight 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 Money Pit. You must have a home improvement question and be willing to come on the air with us so we can help you out. Leslie, who's first? Now we've got Toby in South Dakota on the line. What's going on with your new house? Yeah, uh, we just moved into a new house there, and uh, I was wondering, um, we have that plain white uh, paint on the walls, and my wife's wanting to paint colors and do whatever uh, for, like, kids' room and stuff, but we were told uh, that we should wait a year. Is that true? (laughs) No, it depends. If you feel that strongly about painting the room a different color, go for it. The only reason why someone might suggest waiting a year is so that you can live in the space, decide how you want to use it, and then determine what color works best with how you've grown into that space. I like to paint a house before I've even moved in. Well, actually, there's another reason that you may have gotten that advice, Toby, and that is because the lumber is still fairly green. You're going to have a lot of expansion and contraction, and what you might get get is some cracking and some nail pops that happen during the first year more so than in subsequent years. But as long as you're prepared for that and not afraid to uh, make the occasional patch and touch up and of course very important that you save some of that paint, um, then I don't see any reason to live with those dull white walls for all that time. Yeah, we've noticed that they uh, mark up really easily. I mean, you could just rub up against them and and my wife's getting a little little tired of trying to clean the mark. I can't live with a white room. And new construction paint is usually absolutely the worst, cheapest junk out there. And it's the whitest. It's the brightest white you've ever seen. It's almost blue. Yeah, go ahead and invest in some really good paint. You know, Bear's got some fabulous paint out there, a lot of cool colors, and a lot of high-tech paints. They have this sateen finish, which is great for uh, bathrooms and kitchens. That has this nanotechnology that makes it easy to clean. So there's a lot of good paint out there. Definitely a good time to do it now. You know, before you get so much stuff in that house that it becomes more problematic for you to paint it. They even have scrubbable matte finishes. So if you're looking for a non-sheen in your finish, you can get a scrubbable matte, which will be great to clean. And even you'll be able to get crayon off the wall with one of those dry erasers that you can get from the supermarket. All right, Toby, good luck with that new house. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 money pit now we're going to talk to Robert in Ohio, who's doing some refinishing. Tell us about this dresser you're working on. Yeah, um, I actually built a dresser and was wondering what type of finish I should use, like a polyurethane or a lacquer for a durable finish. Well, how would you like it to look? Do you want to see a solid color? Do you want to see a hint of the grain to come through? Do you want to just keep it the natural wood color? That's what I'm just looking for, the natural wood color. Then I think definitely a polyurethane coating. What do you think, Tom? Yeah, absolutely. Either that or if, if you don't want to have that level of sheen, you could use something like a Danish oil finish, which is more of sort of a hand-rubbed look, although it does have a polyurethane component to it. Okay. 
because you want to seal the wood and you want to give it a good durable finish and both of those will do that it just depends on the level of shininess like tom said you know the sheen all right well thank you man there are so many things robert could do with that blank canvas absolutely i'm like you could decoupage it you could use a colored stain you could use a gel stain you i'm like uh, what do you what do you want to do let's crackle it i know people don't understand how many options there are today and you do a lot of neat things with these in some of the tv shows that you're in well you know a lot of the times because you're working on such a limited budget you're forced to repurpose furnishings that are already in the space and sometimes going with straightforward color though interesting you know doesn't really offer a lot of opportunities you can do a chalkboard paint in a kid's room on the drawer fronts you can decoupage with um fabric scraps or interesting paper there are so many many things you could do now we're talking to glenn in florida what's going on with your ceiling well, I'm trying to remodel a house, and it has a popcorn plaster ceiling. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people don't like those. What I'd like to do is get some advice on how to make the ceiling level and have a smoother finish on it. Well, removing popcorn ceiling is a pretty messy job, but generally the way it's done is you want to spray it down, and you have to get it pretty wet, and then you're going to have to take a, a spackle knife, and you're going to have to very slowly but surely scrape that away. Um, the problem is, Glenn, that when you do this, what you're going to find is that even when you get all that popcorn away, it's still going to be fairly uneven. So you're not going to be able to get so much away that you could paint it flush and have it be you know, perfectly smooth. So what you might want to do is use a textured paint after that, but one that's not quite as bumpy and lumpy as the popcorn was. I was thinking about using quarter-inch jet uh, board over it uh, after the popcorn is off. That work? Mm-hmm. Well, that's a good idea. Or it doesn't have to be textured at all if you're going to go with the fresh dip board, which would be a new drywall, really. You know, once you plaster over everything, you can have a nice smooth surface and go with just a paint. Well, that's a good thought. Doesn't always have to be textured. Arkansas is on the line. We're going to talk with Tim about heating systems. What can we do for you? Hi, I just want to uh, know what your ideas and opinions of the most energy efficiency heating and cooling system on the market today because I've been doing some research and and there's so much information out there that just uh, don't know which way to turn. Well, let's start by talking about the fuel, Tim. What are we talking about here? Are we talking about gas, electric, oil, propane, what? Gas. Gas, good. Well, I think gas is definitely going to be the most efficient way to go. Beyond that, you're going to have to decide whether or not you want an average efficiency furnace or a high efficiency furnace. The higher the efficiency of the furnace, the less it costs to operate, but also the more it costs to buy. Higher efficiency furnaces are more expensive than lower efficiency furnaces. So that's a trade-off there. Now, generally speaking, if you're going to be in your house for the long haul, I would always spend the extra money and go high efficiency. Now, when you're talking about high efficiency furnaces, what you're going to be looking for is something called a condensing furnace. The reason it's called a condensing furnace is because it takes so much heat out of that gas as it burns that what's left is very low temperature. The exhaust gases out of a high efficiency furnace are fairly warm. They're not super hot. And because they're fairly warm, they also have a lot of water in them. And that's where the condensing part comes through. The water's condensing out of the exhaust gases. It runs back through a plastic pipe, by the way, not a metal pipe. The temperature of the exhaust gas is so low, you don't need a metal pipe to shoot it out of your house. So if I was starting from scratch, I would buy a high-efficiency condensing gas furnace, and I would make sure that it's hooked up properly because insulation is very, very important to be done right with these types of furnaces. They have very little room for mistakes. So you make sure it's done by a pro, and it's done right, that the pipes come out of the house at the right place. Because it's a plastic pipe, some people will bring them out side walls instead of roofs, and then you have to make sure that there are so many feet off the ground and that they're not near windows. A lot of little intricacies, so make sure you do it right. But really, dollar for dollar, I'd go high-efficiency every time.
Well, it is hot, hot, hot. So up next, the best way to care for your landscaping and still save water in the process. The walls in your home hold memories, hopes, dreams, and quite possibly mold. You see, traditional drywall has paper on both sides, which combined with moisture can allow conditions that cause mold. That's why more people are insisting on a new paperless drywall called Dens Armor from Georgia Pacific. Unlike conventional paper-faced drywall, Dens Armor has glass mat facings on both sides. And no paper on the surface means one less place for mold to get started. It's that simple and that revolutionary. If you eliminate the paper, you reduce the chances for mold. If you're building or remodeling, stop feeding mold by using Dens Armor. To find out more, go to stopfeedingmold.com or ask about it at your local building supply retailer. It doesn't match the new shower curtain is a perfectly good reason for replacing your old faucet. As is, I'd rather be looking at brushed nickel when I wash my hands. And that classic motivator of home improvement, companies coming. That's where I come in. I'm the Peerless Faucet Coach, and when you visit me at FaucetCoach.com, I'll stick with you through every step of your faucet installation. All you need to get started is one good reason. If that reason is my old faucet keeps spraying me in the face, well, that'll work too. People often seek creative inspiration when choosing paint colors for their home, and there's no better online tool than Bear from Home, which lets you coordinate, preview, and now sample paint colors from home. Go to Bear, B-E-H-R dot com, to select from over 3,700 paint colors and order samples for home delivery. For more information, visit Bear, B-E-H-R dot com. And remember, when it comes to paint, there's good, better, and bear. Table saw. <laughs> 18-volt drill driver. 8-piece combo kit. You don't have to just wish you had the power tools you really want. With RYOBI, you can actually afford them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. And they sound really good, too. RYOBI. Exclusively at the Home Depot. Hello, this is Gary Sinise. The men and women in our military are on the front lines defending our freedom. They are working very hard to bring stability to some very dangerous places and to help make this a much safer world for all of us. But we can't take our heroes for granted. Americans everywhere are joining together to send an important message to those who proudly serve. For your service and sacrifice, your patriotism and devotion, America supports you. Visit americasupportsyou.mil and thank the troops for your freedom. portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Peerless. If you're putting in a new bathroom or kitchen faucet, Peerless can help you with every step, including the hardest one, getting that old faucet out. For a complete undo-it-yourself guide, visit the Peerless Faucet Coach at FaucetCoach.com.
Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Okay, guys, here's some yard care tips for water conservation. First of all, think about aerating your soils, especially if you happen to be unlucky and have clay soils. They're very dense, and they need to be aerated. And hard to dig. And they're very hard to dig. And I know that you've dug a few in your career. Uh, All I have to say is Texas. Oh, Texas. (laughs) That brings back painful memories, right? Ah, my back. I had to dig out some clay soils that had some bedrock installed in them once. Yeah, Texas. And, and oh, is that right? You too. Yeah. Well, listen to this. Mine was for a deck segment for uh, I think it was for CNN. And as we dug down, we hit bedrock, and the hole for the footing was not deep enough. But we absolutely. I mean, if we were going to get any lower than this, we would have to have gotten dynamite. So I figured, well, let's call the building <laughs> well, inspector. Well, that could be fun. Yeah. Right. Let. Yeah. <laughs> Good news: the hole's deep enough. Bad news: we blew up your house. <laughs> So we call the building inspector, and this is this is a true story. The guy shows up direct from his dentist's office after having a root canal. Oh, and my the, God. And the anesthesia was wearing off. So he wouldn't let us out of this. He wanted us to find a way to do it. So actually, I don't think we did much, but he came back the next day and he approved it. <laughs> but it was crazy. So if you have clay soils, really tough soils, you have to aerate them. It's really important for better water penetration. So think about that. And also make sure you mulch your plants and your bushes and your trees. This is going to help retain soil moisture. It also discourages weed growth, and it provides nutrients and prevents soil underneath from compacting. And make sure you fertilize twice a year, once in the spring with a slow-release nitrogen and once in the fall with quick release. Those will really serve the ground around the areas really well for the seasons that are about to come. And that'll have you looking green all year long. Okay, folks, by now you know the Ryobi OnePlus system. It's very popular. It's an 18-volt power tool platform that works with more than 20 different tools and is used by more than 4 million homeowners. Well, Ryobi is introducing some new additions to the lineup this fall. And one lucky caller this hour is going to see a sneak preview, not just see, win the sneak preview of the new OnePlus inflator, the OnePlus radio, and the OnePlus personal fan. These don't even come out until the fall, folks. You're going to get them before anybody else and be the envy of your neighborhood. And these items come in handy for camping, boating, hanging out by the pool. They're all compatible with the 18-volt platform you may already have. You'll also receive two batteries and a charger with this prize package. If you want more information on the Ryobi tools, you can visit RyobiTools.com and learn all about the OnePlus system. But for one lucky caller, it's going to be free at one 888 888-666-3974. Leslie, who's next? Listening on the Discovery Radio Network is Michelle and Georgia. And you've moved into the garage, literally. Tell us about your new room. Um, we wanted a nice-sized playroom for both children where they could spread out with toys. And uh, it had already been nicely sheetrocked and has the ceiling and closets installed. Okay. We had put down a um, nice quality of um, carpet to pad their knees and stuff like that while they play. We want to leave the garage door so that it'll be easier to bring larger toys like bicycles and things in and out. Um, but we need to get some advice about weatherproofing right where the garage door comes down. The rain doesn't actually come in, but sometimes a little bit of water will trickle down. And I got the best... Um, carpet pad with the mm-hmm. moisture barrier and I'm afraid if water gets under it. Hey Michelle, are are you ever considering uh bringing this room back to being a garage? Not while I own the house. 
but they're, you know, we may sell the house in a few years. Because i got to tell you, I mean, a garage door is not designed the same as a standard entry door. And so it's going to be difficult to get the level of weather integrity that you want out of this door to make that space completely livable. You're almost always going to have some moisture issues. It doesn't have weather stripping on the sides that prevent water. It doesn't have a saddle that a regular entry door would have. And so it's very difficult to make it as tight as you want. Everything that you do short of that's going to kind of be stopgap measure. So, you know, you could buy stick-on weather stripping and you could, you know, tack some strips around it and you could buy a soft weather stripping for the bottom of the door, but it's never going to be as good as just having a regular entry door. And so if you're ever considering, you know, putting the, the garage back to a regular garage, then fine, you know, leave it. But if not, I would recommend that you take the door out, frame the wall, make it look like it never had a garage, and put a wide door in somewhere if that's what you're concerned about in terms of getting stuff in and out. You know, Leslie, all the years I spent as a home inspector, I've been in a lot, a lot of houses. I inspected over 6,000 homes. And sometimes I would see this converted garage room where they leave the garage door in place. But I really don't think it's a good idea to leave that garage door because it, it just it's not as good as a real finished room. You can't heat it as well. You can't cool it as well. And you can't keep the water out as well. So, I mean, I would survey the neighborhood. If that garage is really adding a lot of value to the home, then maybe you need to keep it for the time to resale. But if not, I say get rid of the garage door and frame up a wall so it looks like the rest of the house and and go with that and just accept it the way it is. But I don't think I don't think it's a good idea to try to take an existing garage door and just sort of weather strip it and seal it and caulk it in the best you can because Well, especially since so many new builds, new developments are putting the garages in the front of the house. So when you look at the house from the street, the first thing you see is the garage. So I think definitely if you have a home that's situated in that way, if you're moving into the garage and making it a permanent room, definitely get rid of that door because think of how beautiful the house will look if the first thing you see is not the garage door. And I've seen it done very, very well, too, you know, where it's all been landscaped. Maybe you keep the driveway, but you cut back four or six feet of it and you put some mulch and bushes against it. And you put a short foundation wall in between where the old opening was. And then you frame on top of that and then you side it. And it really can look terrific. But when it's done poorly, everybody knows it. I mean, it doesn't look good inside the house and it doesn't look good outside the house. So, Michelle, may not be the advice you wanted, but that's what we think. And that's why we have the Money Pit Radio Show. Now we're talking to David in California who has some problems with the manufactured home he's living in. Tell us what's going on. Well, I have a uh, 1980 uh, manufactured home, and uh, I have about a 10-foot by 4-foot section of the roof that's sagging. Is it a pitched roof or is it a flat roof? Well, it's, uh, it's got a little angle to it. Okay, so it's sort of a low slope. Yeah. Well, the first question I would have is why is it sagging? Is, is there any chance that there's been a leak there? Uh, it doesn't appear to be. We want to eliminate the obvious, which would be you know, a leak that could be weakening the structure. Um, if you have no leak, this may be a situation where you have to do a little bit of uh, exploratory surgery. And perhaps in the area that's, that's the worst, I would work on this from the inside so we're dealing with drywall and not roofing membrane. But you might want to open it up in an area and just make sure the condition of the lumber is solid. If the lumber is solid and there's no water, there's no moisture, there's no mold growing in there in this humid space. And it could be that one of the rafters is rotting. Yeah, or more than one is what I'm thinking. 
Well, I would do some exploratory surgery here and try to find out what's going on. Um, if it turns out that they seem to be solid, they're just sagging, then I wouldn't worry about it so much. If it turns out that you've got humidity and moisture in there, which is what I think Leslie and I are both suspecting is going on, then you're going to have to do some major repairs. You'll probably have to open that up from the bottom. You'll probably have to sister each rafter by putting a new beam yeah, next to it. Yeah, I was going to say. And then you're going to have to make sure you have proper ventilation because it's the only way you're going to keep it from happening again. In addition to sistering the rafters, would you want to put a sort of beam perpendicular in between the rafters to just sort of join them together more than might already be there? Um, you're talking about blocking? Yeah, maybe. Possibly, but I, I'd have to know more about the roof before I decided to do that or not. I mean, you're not going to put a mid-span girder in unless it called for that, but you could put solid blocking, which tends to stiffen it up. Um, the repair is going to really depend on how much damage there is and how much area you have to work. But really, you need to open this up and figure out what's going on, David. It does sound like something to be concerned about. So, uh, you know, take it in small steps. Open up the ceiling from the drywall below. Drywall's easy to fix. And you know exactly what's going on. Okay? Okay. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Well, using a dehumidifier can help keep your house cooler in the summer and help prevent mold growth in damp areas like your basement. Proper maintenance is the key to having a dehumidifier that's working properly. Up next, we'll give you some tips to make sure your dehumidifier is firing on all cylinders. You live in a money pit. This portion of The Money Pit was brought to you by RYOBI, manufacturer of professional feature power tools and accessories with an affordable price for the do-it-yourselfer. RYOBI Power Tools, pro features, affordable price. Available exclusively at The Home Depot. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. That number is important because you can call it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, three hundred and sixty five days a year, and you will reach a live representative of the Money Pit. Our screeners never sleep. So why do we do this? Because if we're not in the studio, you can talk to a real person that's willing to take your home improvement question, and then we'll call you back the next time we are. So remember to call us twenty four seven at one eight eight. Eight money pit because everybody's got home improvement questions and including how do I take care of those dehumidifiers that are just starting to really crank up with all the moisture and all the rain that we've had and they are helping you so much in your homes right now folks they're keeping you healthy they're keeping you comfortable they're protecting anything that's made out of wood in your house and they're preventing mold growth so show them some love and give your dehumidifier some maintenance you want to make sure to dust and vacuum those dehumidifier coils at least once a year and make sure it's unplugged when you're doing so and also check your owner's manual for your specific dehumidifier to make sure that they don't have any cleaning tips that they might offer especially if yours is a little bit difficult to clean and here's a tip if you're tired of dumping that water bucket that always fills up in the bottom, you can purchase a dehumidifier condensate pump. What is that? Well, it's a small pump that sits next to the dehumidifier that takes all of the water and pumps it up and out and away from your house. I love that. You simply plug it in. You run the little rubber hose that comes up with it up through up the basement wall and then drill just a tiny hole in the outside box joist of your house and stick it through there and all that water will roll out of the house. So you don't have to dump it all the time. And then it works all day long. You don't ever have to worry about dumping it. Yeah, because you know what happens. Most of them have floats that shut them off. So as soon as you get a pan of water, which takes like, you know, sometimes just an hour if the basement's really humid, it will automatically just be drained all the time. And ours, sometimes the float, if I don't put the little back 
basket in correctly, the float right. doesn't quite adjust oh, so properly, it just, it floods? and it overflows. Oh, yeah. And then I'm afraid we're all going to get electrocuted. All right, I'm going to have to get you one of these pumps. That's it. That's going to be your next birthday present for me. Woohoo! What did Tom get you for your birthday? Oh, I got her. He, dehumidifier <laughs> pump. Dehumidifier pump. And Come, on <laughs> Come on, February. one 888 888-666-3974. Those of you out there using a portable dehumidifier, you might not be aware of this, but there's another option out there for you. There's such a thing called a whole house dehumidifier. What it does is it dehumidifies every room in the house without you ever having to empty a bucket. And it can really help your AC system run a lot more efficiently. If this sounds like a good idea for you, we've got some tips on choosing a whole house system. All you have to do is sign up for our free weekly e-newsletter. And the Money Pit e-newsletter's got great advice and info. Make sure you go to moneypit.com now and sign up. Get your free weekly e-newsletter and look into getting a dehumidifier in your house. The number is one eight 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 money pit Leslie, who's next? Now we're going to Kevin in Montana who finds the Money Pit on KGEZ. And you're looking for a laser level. What are you working on? Yes, ma'am. Right now I am uh, putting in a French drain around a house basement that didn't have one before and i'm also going to be uh doing some timber framing with it so um i would like to get the best one out there but i know that the industry is changing so much that it'd be a shame to you know get something that's behind the time well kevin there's been a lot of changes in the laser level market and uh, generally what's changing is the intensity of the laser the brightness and that makes a big big difference uh because the brighter it is the the longer the line is you know leslie i was trying to use a laser level that was an older one not too long ago and it was uh outside in daylight and it was impossible to see just impossible you, you couldn't see a thing with it so the intensity of the laser level is really really important secondly i would um, consider the tasks that you're going to do you mentioned a couple of projects you know there are laser levels that come different types there's some that do straight lines there's some that do vertical lines there's some that will do plumb lines you need to decide what projects you're going to use it for and buy one to match that as far as brands we like ryobi they make a good product it's inexpensive and it really stands up well Kevin, thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Okay, so here's a situation that many of us find ourselves in. We decide to build a project out of wood, and it comes out okay, but because it's an outdoor project and perhaps we've used green lumber, it's soaking, sopping wet. Like, for example, when you first build the deck. Well, can you paint green lumber? Is there a way to do it? Is there a way to protect it? Can you do it once, do it right, and not have to do it again? There is. That's next. Money Pit! So I finally found the perfect house for you. Isn't it cute? Hardwood floors, remodeled kitchen, and look at that metal roof. Gee. <laughs> a metal roof? It looks so natural. It's gorgeous. Wow. Plus, metal roofing increases the value of your home and can reduce energy costs. Impressive. Now, about the kitchen. It's also maintenance-free and stands up to hail, high winds, and wildfires. So, ready to make an offer? Well, we'd like to look inside first. <laughs> really? Why? People who know about metal roofing love metal roofing. We call it investment-grade roofing because it adds value to your home and pays for itself many times over. In addition, it's built to endure for decades. To learn more, visit metalroofing.com. Did you know that you can qualify for a federal tax credit of up to $500 when you buy an Energy Star metal roof? It's one more reason to consider durable and beautiful investment-grade metal roofing. For details or to find a contractor in your area, log on to metalroofing.com. Somewhere, a guy is tossing his golf clubs into the water. But you, you'd rather build, say, a burled maple coffee table. RYOBI Woodworking Tools lets you do it. RYOBI gives you the power and precision you need to succeed at prices that help you get going. 
Of course, there's still some equipment involved, but it's power tools. And you don't have to wear those funny clothes to use them. RYOBI Power Tools. Professional features, affordable prices. RYOBI, exclusively at the Home Depot. That's just beautiful. Oh, honey, the heat ruined my hairdo. Not the heat, it's the humidity. My scrapbook, too. These pages are soggy. Not the heat, it's the humidity. But we have central air. I turned it up so high, I'm freezing. Why do I still feel so clammy? Why does everything smell musty in this hot weather? Not the heat, it's the humidity. He's right, it's the humidity that adds to swelter to steamy summer heat. What can you do about it? Remove it with an April Air whole home dehumidifier. April Air, fresh ideas for indoor air. Visit AprilAir.com. Top three reasons I'm going to need a professional installer. Number three, some things you just can't ask your buddies to help with. Number two, I only have two arms, and clearly that won't be enough. And number one, countertops are more than I want to tackle. The Home Depot can get it installed, guaranteed, from top to bottom, inside and out, like new countertops or cabinets. Come in and just leave it to us. The Home Depot. You can do it. We can help. License numbers available at your local store. This portion of the Money Pit is being sponsored by Metal Roofing Alliance. We call metal roofing investment-grade roofing because in your lifetime, a metal roof will save you money and add value to your home. To find a Metal Roofing Alliance contractor or to learn more about investment-grade roofing, visit www.metalroofing.com. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. The number is 1-888-MONEY-PIT. So say that you've decided to build an outdoor project, maybe a picnic table, maybe a bench, and you're using construction-grade lumber. The lumber is less expensive when it's construction-grade, but it comes very, very wet. So you have to take some special precautions before you finish it. The first thing you want to do is scrape away any of the dried pitch that gets stuck to it. Then you want to wipe the wood down with a rag soaked in acetone or lacquer thinner and then sand. Make sure you vacuum it off and you have to use a primer when you're painting untreated wood outside. If you don't use a primer, the paint is not going to stick. Now, if you're building this with pressure-treated lumber, there's probably a few additional steps you might want to take. Well, with pressure-treated lumber, because it's so heavily saturated in whatever it is they're using these days, they used to use an arsenic-based compound, not anymore because of the hazards of working with it, but it still becomes so heavily saturated so it can stand up to the outdoor conditions. You have to be, it's very important, you have to let it dry out. And you need to let it dry out for about a year's time before you can think about conditioning, staining, painting. Otherwise, nothing is going to stick and you're going to find your... Yeah, and nothing is going to happen to that in that year. In other words, the pressure treated is good enough to protect the wood for a full year. and You're not going to get much cracking or checking. You're just going to get a lot of evaporation. So it's okay to wait that year. Yeah. And if you don't wait that year, you're going to be so sorry because you're going to find you're going to be redoing your deck, whatever it is that you built over and over and over again, because nothing will adhere properly. So be patient enjoy it. It actually looks quite nice in that nice neutral color. So live with it and love it. Well, folks, if you've got a home improvement question, perhaps something about that deck you're working on outside or even a home repair question, fire away. We're here for you. In addition to the information you're after, you might come away with a super sneak preview of a great prize. That's right, because we're giving away a sneak preview of the new OnePlus Inflator, OnePlus Radio, and OnePlus Personal Fan, all from Ryobi. Now, these are not going to be out till the fall, but we've got them first. We're going to give one away, actually one of each away on today's program to one caller to one eight 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 money pit they're made by ryobi if you want more information you can go to their website at ryobitools.com 
Leslie, who's next? Next up, Chris in Utah with a crack in the basement. What's going on? Well, uh, I've got a crack in the basement wall. The area I'm in has a very high water table. We do have a sump pump installed. Uh, however, if the sump pump fails for any reason, the water starts leaking through the basement wall, causing uh, a fair amount of flooding damage. Uh, this happens on a fairly regular basis. So I was wondering if there's any way that we can seal the concrete in some way so that we don't have a problem with flooding anymore. Chris, are you from Australia? I am indeed. I love that <laughs> accent. Oh, yeah, Chris has got a crack in the basement wall. All right, Chris, so tell us, is it vertical, horizontal, is it deep? Tell us about the crack. There are also little cracks in the floor, and the water comes up through that as well. The crack kind of runs horizontal, then slopes down to, towards the floor. Chris, does it seem to leak more after a heavy rainfall? It's out towards the bird refuge, and it's a wetlands area. So uh, whenever uh, there's heavy runoff during the spring, the water table comes up, and that's when the uh, water pressure from the water table starts forcing it in through. What I would recommend here is a multi-step approach, Chris. First of all, we want to take every step possible to reduce the volume of water that's getting close to that foundation wall. So I want you to look outside your house first at the gutter system to make sure that you're collecting as much water as you can off that roof, that all of the gutters are free-flowing, that the downspouts are discharging away from the foundation at least, at least four to six feet. The next thing I want you to look at is your grading. The angle of the soil around the house has got to drop away four inches to six inches over four feet. If it's flat, the water is going to stay right against the foundation. Also, look at the kind of dirt that you have around. If you happen to have a lot of mulch, if you have um, any kind of a landscaping edge that's holding water against the foundation, that can trap water as well, and that's a problem. So we want to manage the water around the outside of the house so that we have less water that gets against that wall, has the opportunity to sort of push through the wall or push under the wall or come up the floor. Because it sounds to me like what's happening is very consistent with this spring runoff, and it may not totally be a high water table issue that you're seeing. Even though the water is pushing up through the basement floor, that could happen when water kind of works its way around the outside wall and has no place else to go. Now, in terms of that crack, you certainly should seal the crack. And by the way, that crack is probably the direct result of the water that's collecting around the outside wall, freezing in the wintertime and pushing on the wall. And that sort of ratcheting effect can move the wall a little bit every winter. And that could be a big problem because eventually it might get so big that the wall could become unstable. So another good reason to manage the water on the outside of the house. In terms of the crack on the inside, you want to caulk it with a paintable caulk, and then you're going to want to damp proof the walls. But that's the last thing you should do. The first thing you should do is really address the drainage issues outside. Because what we have found is that in most cases, you can keep a lot of that water away from the walls, and this other problem inside just goes away on its own. So even though you think it's high water table, I want you to look at the grading and the drainage first. And I think that's probably the best way to handle the situation. Chris, thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. I wonder if they have basements in Australia. <laughs> Except they're upside down and the toilets flush backwards. <laughs> You know, I have a friend who was down there for work, and it's been a dream to go to Australia because when you flush the toilets, because they're in the southern hemisphere, they flush counterclockwise. So that was the that was the dream. Is that a tourist spot? I mean, you, you, the first thing you do is you check in and no, no. check the flow she of the toilet. recorded video of the toilet flushing All right. just for me. And she was like, it really does go backwards. Yeah, that seems like something that you would appreciate. <laughs> I, I thought it was fun. 888-666-3974. Who's next? Let's talk to Susan in Michigan, who's got a toilet that's not functioning properly. Tell us what's going on with it. Yeah, it's, this 
has never functioned <laughs> properly. Never functioned properly. It has never since I had it installed. How how long ago did you have it installed, Susan? Oh, ten years. Is it a low flow toilet? You mean one of those that only takes a couple of cups to flush? <laughs> Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And I hate and, it. And, and you know why? Because um, that's about when they were hitting the marketplace for the first time. And the technology in low-flow toilets has changed dramatically from the very first ones that came out, which really didn't work well at all. And I can't believe you, you put up years. with it for all these years. Well, if you, if you don't have the money to, you know, borrowed money to do the house and and I've replaced the insides once, and it still didn't help any. No, that's not going to help. You know why? Because it's not the flush valves. It's the design of the trap, which is built into the toilet. When the water goes through a toilet in the waste, it goes through a trap, a U-shaped structure that's sort of part of the porcelain. And in the original low-flow toilets, those traps were too narrow because the toilet used to have, say, four or five gallons of water. So if you had five gallons of water at eight pounds a gallon. That was 40 pounds of water. That was enough pressure to push that waste through that narrow trap. To just make the tanks now only hold 1.6 gallons of water, it's not working the same. So what you need to do is to replace the toilet. Now, there are new toilets out that have different trap designs, so they have, they have very little restriction. Or you can get one that's pressure assisted. And it's sort of like a commercial toilet in the sense you have that whooshing sound, but it's not nearly as loud. Uh -huh. But you will see a world of difference if you use a low-flow toilet that's built today as opposed to the one that was built 10 years ago when, frankly, none of them work very well. You know, there was an effort to conserve water in this country, which we salute, but the technology was just not there. And it really has taken the uh, plumbing manufacturers practically a decade to kind of figure that out and, and redesign the toilet from the bottom up, literally and make it work. And that's what they've done now. So you, that's what you need to do. There's nothing that you can add. You can't replace the valves or anything to make this thing better. You've got to replace the toilet with a new one. Yeah, I couldn't figure out why, why they said this was, took less water when it took three times to flush it every <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> flush twice, flush three times. But uh, yeah, right. So then you're, you're still putting the 40 gallons of water down there. Right. And I could never afford have another plumber come back in here and do that. And well, that, that's what you need to do. Okay, Susan, thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. So you've had a flood and the water's receded, but now you're left with a stinky, smelly mess. How do you diagnose those odors and get them to go away? We're going to give the answer to one of our emailers next. You live in a money pit. This portion of the Money Pit was brought to you by April Air, makers of professionally installed high-efficiency air cleaners. For more information, go to aprilair.com. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. The number is one eight 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 Money Pit. To send us an email, go to our website at moneypit.com. Click on Ask Tom and Leslie, and we do our best to get back to all of our emailers every single week. Right now, let's jump into that email bag and tackle a question about a very stinky garage. This may have happened to you. This one comes from an emailer in Bethesda, Maryland, who writes, A few years ago, we had a fire in our garage. The fire department came, water was everywhere, and then professional cleanup crew. Now the garage has a peculiar smell. We've got lots of boxes stored around the sides, seasonal decorations, beach stuff, etc. You know what you've got in your garage. And these absorb the smell also. What do you think the problem is? What should we do? And will the professional cleanup folks come back and fix this problem? Ooh, who's liable? Not likely. Do you know any cleanup crew that will warrant their work for years? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, it didn't stay uh, neat uh, and I'm clean? I'm sorry, you, you cleaned my house two years ago and it's dirty again. 
That's you know, a good you idea, come back though. And, <laughs> can I file a warranty claim? Come on, you can't have them come back. But let's talk about what where the stink is coming from. First of all, if you're storing boxes on your garage floor and around your garage, that's going to hold a lot of moisture. And you've got nice organic paper there, which is a terrific mold food. You've got moisture. You've got lots of oxygen. Um, what I'm concerned about is that this could be stemming from mold. I would suggest that you, if you have all of these stinky packages around your house, you might want to go out and buy some of these nice rubber plastic containers and transfer everything that's stored in boxes into nice uh, rubber or plastic like Tupperware bins. Yeah, and, and while things. you're putting them in the new boxes, make sure you look to see that those items that you're restoring don't have mold growing on them themselves. If they do, pitch them. Otherwise, it's going to spread to the other stuff. Yeah, if it's anything that's cloth or material-like or, or paper-like, tablecloths, anything like that, and if it's got mold in it, get rid of it. If it's hard surface, you can clean it, which I think is probably what you ought to do as a next step to this entire garage floor and the wall. Yeah, make sure that you give everything a good scrub down with a bleach and water solution. And you want to use bleach and water because that's pretty much the only thing that's going to kill that mold that's already there and prevent it from coming back and regrowing, especially if you do a really good job. Give it some time if you can. Let some sunshine into that garage. If it gets any light in there at all, it'll help get rid of that mold as well. But the bleach and water should do the trick. Now, if you need more information on how to deal with mold cleanup, I want to encourage you to go to our website at moneypit.com. There's a couple of great resources there. First of all, we have the entire Mold Resource Center with all of the questions, all of the answers about all of the most common types of mold problems. And secondly, in our links section, there's a link to the uh, New York State Department of Health guide for cleaning up mold, step-by-step exactly what you need to do to get rid of mold in your house. Yeah, and if you follow all of these things, that smell should go away. And remember, this is about maintenance, so just doing it once really isn't going to keep it away forever and ever. Just because there's a ton of moisture in that concrete. You got to stay on top of the situation. Well, on the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show, we always love to give you tips on how to save money with your home improvement projects. And here's a cleaning tip that will help you save money in the long run vis-a-vis Leslie's last word. All right, folks, although it's crucial to properly clean and disinfect your toilet, I know it's a gross job, but someone's got to do it, folks. The type of cleaning supplies you use needs careful consideration. If you're using those drop-in cleaning tablets, they contain bleach or chlorine. And if you use them over a long period of time, they're going to reduce the lifetime and the effectiveness of all of those toilet tank parts and over time might even cause a catastrophic failure, which will cost a ton of money to fix. So instead of spending all that money on a future potential repair, use a bleach bowl cleaner that does not come in contact with the tank water and you will be so happy, not to mention saved from the embarrassment of what a giant mess it could be. Well, there may be lots of water inside your house, but not so much outside your house. And as a result, your grass may be looking a little worse for wear. Is it turning into a brown hay field from the luscious lawn that you like to look at? Well, no worries. Next week on The Money Pit, we're going to have some great late summer lawn tips to help you stay green throughout the entire fall. That's all the time we have for this hour, though. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. 
Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.